Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they won game 5-121-106 at Chase Center. And that's good. That's good. They are still alive on the Discord server for this podcast, uh, which you should join, by the way. The link is in the uh, show notes below. You know, I asked what everyone is predicting for this game. And I think most everyone was like, oh, the Warriors are going to win big. And that's what I thought too, because unless there was some total just meltdown internally, you knew that the Warriors were, you know, not going to let the Lakers beat them and win the series on their own home court. And you also felt like, this is similar to game two in the sense that in game one, the Lakers got their uh, split on the road. So they got a home court advantage and they kind of coasted in game two. Once the Warriors kind of got some separation, uh, you felt that maybe the Lakers would be a little down in this one and that it would be, you know, shut down early. And it looked like it was going in that direction. The Warriors got up to an 18 point lead, but you know, the Lakers fought back. The Warriors had some mistakes here and there. And the Warriors ended up still winning by 15. In a way, it was not bad because that meant that LeBron played 39 minutes. And game five is where I was hoping that LeBron and maybe AD start wearing down a little bit. Now, Anthony Davis left the game. Apparently, he got some kind of smacked to the face uh, by Kevon Looney. It was incidental, uh, but he left the game. He left the bench, and it was reported during the broadcast that he was being pushed in a wheelchair. So I didn't think it was that bad of a shot, but hopefully he is okay. You don't want anyone to be hurt in that way because – if he's in a wheelchair, does that mean like they think he might have a concussion and you don't want to have anyone to have a concussion to be out for the series? Just, you know, whatever. You know, you want to beat people whole if possible because you also don't want those, oh, uh, they won because so-and-so didn't play type things. But that being said, like wearing LeBron James and Anthony Davis down in this series was one of the main keys. Now, I'm not going to sit here and just be super stoked because this is what I thought would happen. The thing is they have to win three in a row. So now it's two in a row. And in theory, the pressure goes back on the Lakers, right? Because, hey, the Lakers have to win at home, quote unquote, right? Yes, they won uh, in San Francisco already in this series, but that's the whole point of having home court until the end. Right. The Lakers, hey, if they can bring it in game six and win it, then, you know, congrats to them. But this is where, again, you still take it one game at a time. So glad the Warriors fought. And, you know, it was overall a energetic performance. Right. I would say that Draymond Green really, really was just that dude was aggressive tonight and they really needed that. He was aggressive on both ends. And to me, it was like he was playing for this not to be his last game in a Golden State Warriors uniform. 
Um, hopefully he continues to play that way because next game might be his last game potentially uh, in a Golden State Warriors uniform. Draymond in 30 minutes, seven for 11 from the field. I mean, he was driving to the basket, hitting mid-rangers. He hit a three-pointer. He was five for five from the line, uh, 10 boards, four assists, uh, 20 points. Still had five turnovers though. So that kind of aggression, that kind of yelling in AD's face, uh, getting tangled up with AD on the ground and kind of pushing him off and not helping him up. That's the kind of stuff that you really, really need from him because that stuff is within bounds, right? Him going off, yelling at the refs and getting technicals is not it. But like, you know, kind of just being that dude uh, pumping his guys up and getting in other players' faces on the other team. I'll take that. You know, I'll take that any day. Andrew Wiggins, he played with force, and that is exactly what this team has been missing. Overall, 36 minutes, 10 for 18 from the field, two for five from three, seven boards, five assists, plus 16, 25 points. That might be his best game of the series. And maybe his best game of the playoffs, if I remember correctly, but they needed him. They needed him desperately because they have not been shooting great from three and two for five is good enough. Good enough in this respect. And it's funny because if you watch these games, whenever he has, um, he's been attacking mismatches all series long. And in this one, he was very, very aggressive about it. And that's exactly what you need from him because if they're going to put LeBron on Steph uh, defensively, then if there's a smaller dude on Wiggins, he's he's got to go. He's got to take him in the pose or take him off the triple, whatever he's got to do. And uh, in particular, if you watch and he's being guarded by Austin Reeves, anytime Andrew Wiggins gets the ball and Austin Reeves is guarding him, that ball's not coming out. Right, he is taking that ball and taking it to the basket and taking that kid to the paint, and that is exactly what uh, the Warriors need from him. And they just need him to to play tough and kind of fill in the blanks. Right, like beginning of this season, he and Steph were the only dudes who came out the gate ready. The only vets came out the gate this season ready for the regular season. They played like they had just come out the finals. And nobody else had. So at that point, he was their second most consistent player. And it's hard to say that now because everybody's been inconsistent except for, you know, Steph pretty much. But they need Wiggins to really, really pick up the pace because, you know, Clay playing tough D, uh, you know, playing with some attitude, uh, but he's not shooting well. In 37 minutes, Clay was only three for 12 and two for six from three, uh, only 10 points. So somebody has to pick up the slack for Clay and Jordan Poole because Poole got some minutes, 23 minutes, only five for 14, uh, one for six from three, 11 points. He was shooting better early, but then, you know, he'll hit a shot and then he'll take some heat check shots. He'll take, I mean, in the first half, he hit a three, which was, you know, he was set and it was a great shot. And then either the next or the second next time down the court, he came down, got a screen, and was drifting on the wing to his left and shot a three. And 
it looked like it was going to be a wedge. It gets stuck in there because it hit like the, the joint between the rim and the basket. And I was like, what's the point of that? What is the point of that? Like, if you can hit those in practice, great. But in this situation, you have to be, you have to be very, very intentional about what you do and about the shots that you take. You can't waste possessions on your own heat checks, trying to get like people, you know, talking about the pool party or something like that. You know what I mean? And again, not to pile on him, but like, you know, even Clay, Clay's hunting shots. And sometimes like his streakiness right now, it's, it's rough. It's rough. But they got enough from everybody else to make it work. Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, and then of course, Steph. Steph played 39 minutes, 12 for 24, only three for 11 from three. But you love the fact that uh, he was nine for 13 from inside the arc on layups and, you know, mid-range jumpers and fadeaways. So uh, he had 27 points plus 12, eight assists, three boards. Going into LA, that is going to be the question, right? Because, of course, we saw the truism of supporting role players don't play as well on the road as they do at home. And that was true for the Lakers bench guys and some of their extra supporting dudes. Uh, it was nice to see Gary Payton, the second available in the fourth quarter, so he could put this Lonnie Walker business uh put it down for a while 28 minutes for Lonnie Walker two for six only four points didn't go off uh there were a few times in the fourth quarter where you know he's trying to get his kind of go one-on-one but he had uh Peyton on him and sometimes DiVincenzo and they were able to shut that down a little bit better than Steph did in game four but going into LA it's like all right Draymond has to bring the same energy he can't let anything get to him. And Wiggins does too, right? And hopefully Clay, I mean, they need at least <laughs> they need a breakout game from him. Even if it's just one, right? His next game, that would be huge just to really, really get some momentum to a potential game seven. So if Clay can go off in LA. Game six, exercise those, you know, LA demons he's had, and then, you know, get some uh, good vibes going back to San Francisco. Then, you know, then we're talking, you know, then we're talking. But, you know, in the post game interview that Steph had with the uh, NBA on TNT guys, he talked about some of the stuff that, you know, that, that I've talked about that we've all seen, which was when the, Warriors lose their focus. And when they give the Lakers a chance, he talks specifically about game three in that second quarter where they let go of the rope, uh, where people started jacking up bad shots, started playing for themselves, started turning the ball over and just losing like the overall picture of things. And then in game four, where they had the seven point lead going into the fourth quarter and within like a couple minutes, it had just evaporated to nothing. So, you know, those are the obvious inflection points in those two games. And he's right. Everybody's right. It's plain as day that as long as they pay attention to detail, because like in this game, you know, there were a couple times like when they're up by 18 and then the Lakers got it down to single digits where it's like, oh, oh, but you cut that off. 
You know what I mean? You focus and you play. Whereas, you know, in those two games in LA, again, it's on the road, so it's tougher. You know, you, you just let it all hang out, right? Like one mistake turns into another mistake and it's just an avalanche. And then all of a sudden, all the momentum is gone. The crowd, uh, the Lakers crowd is up and roaring and you're trying to fight through even more than you had to before. So those are things. If I'm the Warriors, like I go into uh, LA and you just try to punch them in the mouth first. That's what it is. Like the Lakers are going to try to withstand that. But if you can build a lead, take the crowd out of it and just fight and stay on task, then, you know, there's a chance. There's a chance. That's it. There's a chance. That's all we wanted from this team. So with their backs against the wall, once again, is this the only time that we see true urgency from these dudes? We saw it against the Kings, right? When Draymond got suspended and they were facing going down 0-3 with a loss at home, they came out and they were just brawling, right? That was amazing. And then that got them on a three-game winning streak. But then in that game six, they were like, oh, we got this. We got this. You know, they just played like, oh, we're going to walk to the gym. People are going to celebrate. Those young kings are going to cower because of our greatness, the magnitude of our awesomeness and our Hall of Fame credentials. Uh, but that didn't happen. They got smoked. But then when their backs are against the wall, they won game seven. I mean, actually, Steph won that game, right? Uh, and in, in this series, it's like, you know, they haven't really, really felt it. I mean, to me, game four, their backs were against the wall. But obviously now being down 3-1 and facing elimination, if they lose one more, it's like, okay, now they, they woke up and they fought. And will they have that again? Can they do that two games in a row? Can they do it three games in a row? I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> or else we're all going to go into the offseason Let's start studying the draft, start thinking about free agency, start wondering if Myers is going to be gone, if Draymond's going to opt in or opt out, uh, if Poole's going to be traded, if uh, Kaminga is going to be unhappy, all this you know nonsense, which is going to be fascinating, but I'm good pushing that off for a while, right? So good win tonight, but you know I'm not shooting fireworks or anything like that because it's far from over. It is really, really far from over. And I guess it's just a good sign that they have this in them and it's good that they can come home, get some home cooking and find a little bit of their mojo that they've lost in the last couple of games before this. And then hopefully, you know, you recharge at your home base, like in a video game or something. And then you go back out and slay the dragon. I don't know what video game that could be, but like, hey, you know what I'm talking about. In this game, the Warriors, they did a good job of limiting their turnovers. About three minutes into the second half, into the third quarter, they had only had six turnovers, which is a minor miracle. They let the rope slip on that a little bit, and they ended up with 14. So that's actually the same number of turnovers that the Lakers had. And in terms of fouling, it was pretty much even. The Warriors actually only had 18 fouls and the Lakers had 17. Uh, the Warriors, they out-rebounded the Lakers 
48 to 38, nine to seven on the offensive end. Warriors shot 13 to 35 from three. Not great, but the same percentage as the Lakers, who were 10 for 27, 37%. And probably more telling is that the Warriors were 14 of 15 from the line for 93%. And the Lakers were 12 for 15, 80%. But they both had the same number of free throw attempts. So that's big because let's just go back to the other games, right? In game one, where the Warriors lost by five, the discrepancy was the Lakers had 29 attempts from the free throw line. The Warriors had six. In game two, where the Warriors won by 27, uh, the Lakers had 17 free throw attempts. The Warriors had 16, so pretty much even. In game three, the Lakers had 37 attempts. The Warriors had 17. So that's a 20 free throw attempt discrepancy. And in uh, game four, which was much closer, it was 20 free throws for the Lakers and 12 for the Warriors. So that was tighter. But we're seeing a trend here. (laughs) The two games that the Warriors won, they were either tied or just one less uh, free throw attempt in the free throw attempt column than the Lakers. So Steve Kerr, thank you for finally saying something. I know he doesn't like to talk about the refs or fouling or flopping and all that jazz, but let's face facts. You know, when Darvin Ham says that he doesn't teach flopping, I mean, that's great. You know, that's that's great for the TV interview, but the reality situation is there's dudes taking dives all the time. And yeah, the Warriors got some guys like Draymond. <laughs> he has his tricks. Jordan Poole flails a little incessantly for my taste, to be honest, but for the most part, you know, the Warriors don't do it half as much as these Lakers. And throughout Steph's career, he never gets calls, you know. And even when Jordan Poole deserves calls, he doesn't get calls. So just something to keep an eye on because part of it is, yes, the Warriors shoot a lot more from outside. But when they dive to the basket, when they get AD in that, you know, pick and roll and run past him, get to the cup, then they get fouled. And... It's about also not being <laughs> overly aggressive or reaching in on defense versus the Lakers because they'll bait you, they'll flop, so you have to stay even more disciplined. Like I've said before, it's like playing a bunch of James Hardens, you know, <laughs> from back in the day, from the Rockets days, right? Maybe not as extreme, not as aesthetically unpleasing as James Harden on the Rockets, but still to the same effect, right? So the Warriors, they know this is who the Lakers are, and this is how the refs are calling it. And if they become and continue to be the aggressors, that's when they can get some calls, if they just keep going at it. And then on defense, just got to stay true, got to move your feet, all that stuff the coaches say, don't reach. You know, Clay, (laughs) don't get stuck in rip-throughs all the time. (laughs) You know what I mean? So again, Those are the important things to pay attention to moving forward. Like the Warriors know how to beat this Lakers team. It's just a question of can they execute, right? Like even with the Kings, it felt like there were challenges that they constantly had to overcome. And I'm not saying the Lakers are bad. I still think the Kings are a better team overall, right? But I think that the Lakers present these challenges and the Warriors have tripped over themselves enough to put them in this hole in this position 
But again, hey, you play the guys <laughs> who are in front of you. And if I'm the Lakers and the Warriors fall over themselves and keep messing up, then hey, take advantage of that. But if I'm the Warriors, it's like they should have confidence. They should have confidence that if they play their game, they can win. That's it, right? That's it. So move on from there. That's all I got. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Folk Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs.